Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to talk about the family tonight. Six one, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I have some favorite special days in my life. One of them came on a, on a uh, June 20th when the Lord Jesus saved my soul on that morning. That's my favorite. I have another one, and that's the day that I married my wife over 25 years ago. And then... There are two very special days I had in my life, and that, 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 those were the days that my children were born. They're at the hospital with them, and, and I tell you what, who, who can't believe in God with the creation of family like, like He has made, and a, a, a person, and then, and then to take these children from the hospital and introduce them to their new home, and to take them inside. Uh, there, there's nothing like that. Someone said that children are so soft and cuddly and wonderful and delightful for about 24 hours. <laughs> and then next thing you know, they're wondering how they brought something home that, and, and birthed something that is some kind of cross between the Swamp Thing and the Terminator. That they have a set of lungs so loud that a jet can go right over your roof and be drowned out, you'd never know it, because of the sound of this child. Not to mention the dirty diapers. One wife told her husband... I forgot what our baby's face looks like because I'm spending so much time at the other end. We, we joke like that, and we always have, and yet we, we love our children. They are an heritage of the Lord. Children are a blessing. I'll never forget the first time that Shelly and I came to this church, and we walked out in the foyer, after service was over, if you know me, I was wanting, wanting to talk, even though I didn't know anyone there. So we're standing in the foyer, and out comes Tim and Cherie with Tori in Cherie's arms. And they kept coming, and one child came, and then another, and then another, and then another. Next thing you know, seven children are gathered around Tim and Cherie, and Shelly and I on the way home, thought, what a blessing. What, what a blessing children are. I don't know if that's everyone's reaction to a, a family with seven kids, but I thought it was amazing. I thought it was wonderful, and I loved it. You know, it's not that way with all people, though. You can go to some crowded cities and other countries, and you can find a baby laying on a pile of trash. And that baby's not lost, that baby's left. 
and just abandoned. In the day the Holy Spirit led Paul to write these words, it was in a day of being under Roman law. And under Roman law, when a child was born, there was a custom that the child would be brought before the father. And the father would observe the child. And, and, if, he, and if he reached down and he picked up the child in his arms, then that, mean, that meant he was going to keep the child. If he turned away and walked away, that, mean, that meant he wanted to throw away that child. That was the custom in that day. Marriage was neglected. Uh, immorality ran wild. Children were unwanted. Many who did take abandoned children only nurtured them to turn around and sell them into slavery. The rape, abuse, and murder of children would hardly make someone flinch. You know, the Word of God and obedience to the Word of God has done more for life, more for family than anything else ever has, than anything else ever will. Hope for the family is found in Christ. If, if more children were in the sanctuary tonight, they'd probably be hugging their parents' neck and being thankful for their parents, thankful they were converted by Christ, thankful that they care, even thankful for their correction. Correction for the child comes out of love. We've been talking about the wife, then the husband, and now the children and the whole family tonight. And you know, when every family member is filled with the Spirit, that's not too many verses back there in Ephesians 5, when every family member is under the influence of the Holy Spirit and takes up their role biblically, then there is peace in the home. And there is glory in the church. So tonight, we're going to look at the children. We're going to look at their command. We're going to look at the correctness in it. And then we're going to close with the charge to the fathers in verse 4. But the first thing we see in the very first word of the first verse of this entire chapter is children. This speaks of the offspring of a husband and a wife. It's the sons and the daughters. And it's not just in a, in a small young stage. It's not just the infant stage that this word is being spoken about. It's not just a toddler stage. It's, it's up through their youth. And, and according to what was typical in that day, children would stay home with the parents until they're married. So you can apply that to a, a wide span of age when we see children here. You know, and, and that little thought about the children uh, being at home until they're married, you know, that, that's... That, that's where you can get a foundation for as long as you're at home, you're going to follow my rules and, and do, what I, do what I ask you to do. And, and so, so anyway, we see that this word children, we see that they're being spoken to in this. 
You imagine the reading of this letter before the church. And, and it said, wives. One preacher said, husbands, this verse is none of your business because the Lord's addressing wives. And then the address was husbands. And then after that now, the address is children. God's word addressed to children. Parents, I know that raising children is hard work, but praise the Lord, we're not alone. God communicates to the hearts of our children the encouragement or the conviction that we experience, so does any child of God at any age. So you're not alone, and you have the help of the Lord as a parent. Be encouraged in that. Children are being addressed about a duty directly here. So let us look at the command. The first word after children there is obey. And then if you look in verse 2, you see another word of command, and that is honor. This is the, the what and the how for the child in the command. The what is to obey, and the how is with honor. First of all, let's look at this word obey. Children, obey. This word means so much more than to do. I'm afraid that we've, parents have abused that word. We have just, we have just said what to do and the kid needs to do it. I, I can be the worst about that impatience uh, in that. But this word means so much more than to do. This word obey has to do with, with a looking, a looking up. It has to do with giving one's attention to. And then what it definitely has within the definition is hearing and listening. Listening to instruction. When my son was about two, maybe almost three, he, he had this little plastic toy rake. And we had a piano in the home. And he was, he was beating that, uh, he, was, he was hitting that piano with his rake. And I'm at the table here and I said, son, stop that. And he stopped for about a second and a half. And then he goes back after it. And I said, son, I told you to stop that. And you know, you want to know what he said to me? I'm going to tell you. He said, I don't hear. Looked at me with those big blue eyes and he says, I don't hear. You know what came to my mind next? I bet you can feel. I bet you can feel something. Anyway, it, it, it makes a good point, though, to be loyal to the instructions that the parent gives a child first comes by listening. There, this has been the problem through the years. It didn't start with my boy. Don't blame him. There has always been that problem with listening to instruction. And there's always been the talk of a kid being smarter than the parent. I remember when I was a kid and, and that talk went around. It, it's not new today. I'm not just going to pick on kids today because we've, we've always said that. But I tell you what, it's just as bad if not worse today than any other day with the kid not thinking they need to listen to the parent and that they're smarter than the parent. I mean, I mean after all, look at 
look at what's coming about in this generation with, with the energy, you know, coming from the sun and coming from the wind. And we didn't have that technology. We didn't know how to go green. We don't, we don't know computers as well as kids do. I wanted, I wanted the church directory in an app on my phone. And I could have spent 30 minutes to an hour figuring it out. Or I could have gone to a teenager, and that's what I did. I handed a teenager my phone and said, can you please put the, the church directory app on my phone? And, and less than a minute later, it was on my phone and back to me. They're smart. You know, most kids probably know computers better than, than most parents. You know, mo, mo, most young people are more hip on the way language is changing with different words. You know, when something's cool... We say it's cool, but the younger people say, man, that's sick. And that means cool today. Some of you didn't know that. Every, I, I reckon everyone under 25 knew that. And, you know, so, so they would claim to know more. They even, I'm not even going to say what it is. It's not a dirty word, but, but they even have a nickname for adults today. That, and the nickname is very demeaning, as in saying we don't know much, and they know it all. I tell you what, the people they say that to, as a whole, overall, knew the Bible better than them at their age, more faithful to church than them at their age. Young ladies knew how to cook and to, and to bake and to broil and to boil and to saute and to wash the clothes and to iron and to do things around the house. They, they knew how to do that better. The young men of that day, they knew how to work better and work harder. They knew how to make a repair at the home better. They knew how to fix the car better. If the lawnmower broke down, they would fix it and it'd be up and running again. There's, there's, there's just something that just can't be substituted that parents have that the children do not have. And that is experience in life. That is experience that, that you cannot get out of a book. You can't get it from a website. It has to come from life and living life. You know, kids can see that their parents aren't perfect. Kids can see that their parents make mistakes. And they may aim that they're going to do so much better. But then they find out it's not so easy. And it can be a pretty hard path. It takes time for experience. And that's what parents have that's very valuable for their children to listen to. Very, very good reason. And it's not going to go away. It's always going to be there. Now, a more important reason we find in Proverbs chapter 1, though. It says, my son... Hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. 
For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. The last part of that verse makes me think, you're not disobeying the Lord if you shun and you turn away or you close your ears to what might be said on, on Snapchat or Instagram or any of the, these social devices where some young person thinks they found a beautiful nugget for life and young people start following what they said and then you can put your finger in the Bible and show them the opposite has been said by God. There, there's no disobedience to God in not listening to that. But there is disobedience to God in a child not listening to their parents. The, the, the experienced wise counsel that God has given the parents so that they can give the child. And so God says for the child to follow the instruction of the parents. Children obey. Obey your parents in the Lord. There's the what concerning the command to obey. Now we're going to look at the how. Because we can't just go through the motions of something as a Christian. Motive matters. So, so it's not just obey, but it's obey honoring them. I can go as far back in my mind as about four years old as a child. I, I don't think I can go back any more years than this memory I have of my mama getting on to me for something. I, was, I must have been about four. I don't, I don't know if I can remember when I was three, but it was somewhere around there, and I did something, and she sent me to my room. I don't remember what I did, but I remember I was very upset. And when I was walking down the hall, I was obeying. I was going to my room, and I had those hard sole shoes, white and blue hard sole shoes on. Y'all probably, every kid had them, I think, when I was a kid. And I'm going down the hallway, and I picked my foot up, and I kicked that sheetrock wall as hard as I could. I lived in that house till I was 16, and that, that little scar in the sheetrock was there. I never made another one. I'm going to spare you the details. I remember the discipline, but I never touched with any limb on my body, any wall, in a way to scar it again in my entire childhood. The point is that our actions can be obedient, but the attitude must be there also. We must be right in attitude if we're going to be righteous in obedience. See, it's not just about living by a set of rules. It's living by a set of rules and honoring the parents. That word honor has a lot of definitions. It's a deep word. It's a weighty word. One thing it means is the estimation of the worth of something. A right act with the wrong attitude, that, that's very cheap. That, that's not giving a parent much worth. 
when, when, when you do what they say, but the attitude isn't there, isn't there. The reaction of obedience is to come from the respect of honoring the parents. The command from God is for children to look with attention and listen to the parents with respect and, and then to do. We see a correctness in this command here. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children are to go the way of the guidance of the parents because God said so. And what God says is right. What everything that God has said is right, and it's always right. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. No other explanation should need to be given. You tell your kids to do something, and probably the first thing that comes out of their mouth is why. It didn't happen much when I was a kid. And, and I know we, we, we make those old days to be so good versus these days. I'm serious. I'm, with what would happen to me, I didn't put out a lot of whys. I knew what was coming if or when I did. This should be good enough. God said it. My dad would say no. And I'd say why? He said, because I said no. Why? Because, and it would stop right there, and, and, and maybe you disagree, but, but we don't have to be given an answer. Well, I didn't have to be told. I, I knew that I did not need the explanation for the no. I'm not saying that I knew all of this and had this down, but, or, or any of us did, but there's enough respect and honor and trust in the parents that just no means no. I'm talking about something that I don't think is talked about much these days. God says, for this is right. You do it because it's right. There's so much confusion in the world today. The world has tried to confuse themselves and muddy the water on what's right and wrong, and they've done a pretty good job. They have deliberately deceived themselves. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I, I see the adjustments that the world is making concerning morals, concerning what's right and wrong. And they are doing that very thing right now. This new age and this new computer age, it needs to become primarily first and foremost a Bible age again. We need to get back to the Word of God and the blessings that are upon the family for the family following the Word of God. It's the only place to find correctness. Isn't that comforting? Isn't it so assuring to know that what you find in here and what you do according to this is right? It's right. You can, you can count on God. He has given us His Word. It will result in blessings. It will result in what God wants when we follow it. Let's look at the consequences for the children here. Verse 2 and 3. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, 
that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Considering the universal law of sowing and reaping, we shall reap what we sow. Whatever we do, there is going to be the appropriate consequence for it. We can make our choices, but we cannot choose our consequences. We, the, it's universal. We reap what we sow. And that should make us think about our decisions. That should make us think about what we're going to do before we do it. We should be like Daniel and purpose in our heart, as the Word of God says. Things such as fulfilling responsibilities to parents. Things such as parents fulfilling their obligation to the Lord and the lives of their children. The importance of honoring one's parents has to do with one's life. It can prolong a life in the providence of God and God being proactive in our lives. There are things that hinge on whether we honor our parents or not. We can save our physical life on earth. We can extend our physical life on earth by honoring our parents. We don't know. We can, but in saying that... We can also cut it short. I mean, I mean, that's the promise. That it may that thou mayest live long on the earth for honor in thy father and mother. There are some exceptions, and God takes the righteous home early sometimes, but there is a, a promise in this that we can claim from God. No matter how long or short it is. For whatever reason, not only might we live long, but we can live well too. There's a lot of false prosperity preaching out there in the world today. And they're, they're talking about the, the lowest blessings we can receive. The material things of this world, sure, we, they're nice, we'll use them or whatever. But the greatest blessings are the spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ that we all can experience. And there's a promise here also. There's a true prosperity message here that to honor our father and mother, there's a prosperous, blessed life for those who do, for those who honor their parents. See, the consequences can be great. They can be amazing. We can count this promise uh, of a long life and a blessed life for honoring our parents. But we're going to go now to chapter uh, 6, verse 4. And we're going to close with a charge to the fathers. Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Children cannot use the shortcoming of their parents as an excuse not to obey and honor their parents. Just like one Christian cannot use the excuse of another Christian for, us, for forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. 
it, it will not fly. But as I say that, let me say this. The Father's proper leading can sure help the situation for the child to, to obey and to honor. He helps by being present in the home. He helps by providing a good example and not provoking the children to wrath, but to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Dad, dad can help the situation, but dad can also hinder the situation. There's a charge for the dad just as well as there's a command for the child. I don't do this often, but a secular song came to my mind, so I'm going to use it to explain. There's a song that uh, I, I heard, and it says something about the, the little kid said a cuss word. And the dad said, where did you learn to talk like that? And he said, I've been watching you, dad. And man, I guess dad got convicted, and, and I think the way it goes, he, he's praying. He gets down, and he's praying about it. And then, and then he sees his son praying. And he says, son, where did you learn to pray like that? And he said, well, I've been watching you, dad. Dad is to be a good example. Dad is to bring the children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. You know, I've heard this all of my life, and I, I, I'm only realizing it these days, and I'm not perfect at it by any means, but children need our time. They need our time, not our taunting. They need a trainer. They don't need a tyrant. You know, when, when our children see us, we need to show them something good. When they ask us, we need to listen. And we need to answer. When they hear us, we need to correct them, but we also need to build them up. When they fall down, they don't need salt in their wound. They need a hand. They need a hand lifting them up and saying, I'm there for you. They need our time. And we need to give it to them. I don't know why I bring this up, but it just came to my mind. And, and uh, when my son was about six months old, the Lord called me to pastor. And I, so I worked a job for about 60 or 70 hours a week. And I uh, asked the Lord to help me to fully pastor the church that I was pastoring. And, and so I worked and I studied and I preached. And you could always find me on Saturday after work in a little cubby in my bedroom studying. And, and my son was, he, he might have been about three, and he came back to the bedroom with a ball in his hand, and uh, he said, Dad, will you play ball with me? And I wanted to. I, I should have, is the thought now. I should have done it. But I felt like I needed two more hours than what I had. And, 
And I thought in my mind I didn't have five minutes to do that. And I told him, no, I can't right now. And he walked out of the room. It was just like a movie. He walked out of the room, and he just dropped the ball. If you want a dramatic scene, he dropped that ball, walked out of the room, and I sunk. I, I, I don't say that to say anything about uh, what I was doing so much of or, or any sympathy for me concerning the situation with my son, I only mention that, that dad might be sure that he answers the charge to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. They can't bring themselves up. God says, bring them up. They have to be shown They have to have time with them. They have to have love. They have to have attention. They have to be brought up. And don't get me wrong, I've had times in my life where I've worked two jobs before. But, and and, and I don't want to step into that. All I want to say is there are many things that are not worth the time that our kids need. Fathers, provoke not your children's wrath. Don't irritate them. Don't give them, don't give them rules with no love. Don't give them firm instruction with no attention and no kindness and no time. Don't irritate them. Don't raise them to where they're just a a big bundle of mad in their life. Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. We're going to stop, and we're going to close right there, and and I'm going to work on some parenting. Amen? And I I know we all can, those who are... Still actively doing that. And it's so good to be in the Lord's house tonight and and for His Word to help us, for His Word to help our lives to be what we're called to be. As, As we've heard in this church, the Christian life is impossible, but God does impossible things through His people when we trust Him, when He listen, when we listen to His Word, and we follow Him. Uh, Bubba Mills, would you close us in a word?